Did you know there are over 100 blue emergency phones around Stanford campus? You're listening to The Daily Brew from the Stanford Daily. This is Chloe Bro and Lily Rosvani. This week, we're discussing safety on campus, from physical safety at night to digital safety monitored by parents. Alex Huang has the story. Yes, that's me Googling myself. Don't judge. What would I find about you? What I looked like in middle school. Like old pictures of me holding like these tiny trophies. Mostly just things about my political stances. A couple of vlog episodes in high school. Twitter, GitHub, OSF. I have like a professional website. That's sort of it these days. Has someone found something about you online that you wish they hadn't? I have not actually had that experience before because I keep my online life very, very, like, private. I'm thinking ahead. If this is bad, I don't want somebody to find this out about me. I was in eighth grade at a new school, and I guess I sort of just pulled it up on my phone briefly. This girl saw it, and she must have just, like, seen my Tumblr username. She came up to me and she was like, I went through your Tumblr yesterday, which was all One Direction fan fiction. Wish that hadn't happened. None of it was sexually explicit, although it was very sensual. Anyway, um, and... (laughs) Some don't have that luxury. In the United States, there's only three people named Dominic Taronis, and two of them live in California, and now all three of them live in California. (laughs) One of them is a registered sex offender. It used to be where if you would, like, type Dominic Taronis into Google, uh, like, a man's photo would come up on a registry. My dad used to post videos of me and my sister as children performing piano recitals, musicals, rock concert type things, etc. Do I want people to see those things? Not really, but they managed to find their way into the world and haunt me, if you will. Having a public online presence like that is a mixed bag. When it comes to stalking others, what do we look for? Biggest thing usually leans towards political ideology. I think I've definitely seen some people who seem fine, but then when I checked out what they've said on Facebook, some things were so, so like alt-right that I was shocked, and then I kind of, that changed a lot of the perspective I had about them. If we can stalk strangers, can parents do the same of their children? So my parents do track me digitally through some crackpot third-party program from the App Store. Smartphone apps designed to help you monitor not just your child's web history, but also every text, every phone call, even your kid's exact location. Like I was at the park at three in the morning and my mom was calling me, demanding that I go home. So that was, that was a time. On their phones. Today, we're about to show mom some new tricks. She mainly tracks me for her own peace of mind. She says that she looks at her Find My Friends before she goes to sleep to make sure that my brother and I are where we're supposed to be. There, <laughs> there was once a time I was hanging out with a guy and he was like, oh, hey, like, you should come back to my apartment. And I didn't really want to go back to his apartment. So I said, oh, my mom's tracking me. No. No? No, simple no. <laughs> I think you're the first. Yeah? Yeah. Wow, look at that. I think it's a testament to them having faith in how they raised me. It would kind of be self-conscious act if they did that. Like they don't trust their kids, you know, they don't trust their, their teachings. I don't think they track me every single day, but we see it as more of a safety thing rather than like an invasion of privacy, so that's why I've had no problem with it. Am I happy about it? Not particularly. Do I understand? I do. 
If parents track us because they worry about our physical safety, how safe do we really feel on campus? Um, frat row kind of freaks me out. I feel pretty safe near academic buildings, but those walkways, like, really far down Palm Drive, it, it's a little dark sometimes. Uh, it's super safe. I don't know. I'm not, a, I feel like it's harder if you're, um, someone smaller. And if you're... <laughs> what do you mean by that? Because I'm 6'1", right? So, like, I'm 6'1", I'm an athlete. The only safety I have to worry about is, like, people driving because people are really bad drivers here. Uh, my common interaction with danger is so low that uh, I kind of take it for granted. So, like, physical safety is, is good, at least from my privileged point of view. I'm, I'm just kind of someone who has, like, a lot of anxiety when it comes to, like, educational institutions and, like, them being a target for domestic terrorism and stuff. I went to a high school that got a lot of threats, especially at Stanford being such a high-profile university. Sometimes I think, like, what if and, like, how easy it could be for someone. But walking around at night, which I've done, I've taken walks alone at night. I've definitely considered how, like, vulnerable I was, but I've never felt unsafe. Pretty good, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> You're a boy. So it doesn't really affect yeah. you. It's pretty lit up, like especially if you have a bike light. Yeah. But it does make me nervous sometimes, especially when I'm biking back at like 1 or 2 a.m. And act like I'm talking to someone else. But really, I'm calling 911. I'd be like, hey, Lisa. <laughs> I have the project if you want to meet me at these exact coordinates. <laughs> Maybe, Lisa, no one is truly safe, even at Stanford and technology can aid or strain our sense of comfort on campus. This episode was led by Chloe Burrow, Lely Rizvani, and Alex Huang. With help from Wang Jung, Kaylee Beam, and Emma Bowers. Cardboard Hearts, led by freshman Jacob Eisenach, is signing us off with their song, If My Thoughts Could Be Heard. If my thoughts could be heard, my cognitive slurs, I'd be locked up in jail, don't go out on bail, I'd be put to a shirt.